It is shameful for me to admit that as an OBGYN, right, we specialize in, in this much of the body. And when it came to my sexual health education, it was all about either helping someone get pregnant, preventing pregnancy, or dealing with sexually transmitted diseases. They don't teach you about orgasm or female pleasure in residency. All of my training came afterwards, you know, because I was seeking it out and because I wanted to be able to help patients and to better understand it myself as a female. Mom. Hey moms, my name is Jessica Gershman and I'm a mom of four and I'm here to help you slow down. I'm a mom on a mission trying to reframe the idea of what a good mom looks like and I want to give you space to show up exactly as you are and have a human experience. I've been vulnerable in my studio and I want to be vulnerable with all of you because I truly believe that the more we can share our common experience, the more we realize that we are together as a community of moms. I hope you join me on this journey and to slow down. All right, let's get to our last topic and let's wrap it all together with Dr. Javade and talk about just the mind-body connection. And it would be hard-pressed, especially as women, to ignore how important our mindset is what's going on in our mental and spiritual body as it pertains to sex. And then we can talk about the pandemic and and how much that threw our whole lives for a loop. But how important is the mind-body connection for women when it comes to sex? It's huge for so many different reasons. If we don't have an emotional connection with our partner, we're not going to be able to get in touch with our sexual self. If we can't get to a place of knowing that we deserve pleasure or knowing that we deserve this time for us, there's no way we're going to be able to reach our sexual potential and be able to be happy with our sex lives or what's going on in the bedroom. Well, and I think we have to, you know, one, acknowledging that we deserve pleasure and then two, prioritizing it. If we walk around thinking that it's something that we're checking the box for our partner, our husband, or the other person in our life, and that it's not something that we deserve or that is about us or for us, we're not going to prioritize it, which means laundry and bills and life and school and kids and everything else comes piling up on before that. So I think slowing down, it's mom slow down podcast. We talk about this all the time, but it happens in the bedroom too. And I think self-exploration. Do you think women are getting more comfortable having sex with themselves? I absolutely do. As you see more and more sexual tool companies, I hate the word toys because it sounds so dismissive, right? But they- the way that they've labeled things for women, it just, uh, we go back to the few episodes you said, the screen cream. I'm like, man, come on. Like, can we not have a little bit more dignified names for things when it comes to women's sexual health? I agree with you. But if you look at the sexual tools of today versus, you know, the purple penis looking like vibrators, right? Everything looked like a purple penis, I feel like 10, 15 years ago. But you look at some of the sexual tool companies now, like Dame, like Onut, like Mod, where they have these elegant very beautiful. They've won some awards for design. They're not obviously, you know, sexual tools. And they come in an array of colors. They're for travel. It's very appealing to women. So I definitely have more and more patients coming into my office asking me about vibrators, asking me about clitoral pumps. 
asking me about lubricants. So for sure, I credit a lot of these companies for bringing this more to the forefront. And when you go to their individual websites, you see that they are actually taking a stance about educating women about this and creating online communities where it's safe to discuss this. So definitely, I definitely see the younger generation being more empowered and recognizing that they deserve pleasure and not being afraid to discuss that in the doctor's office, which I applaud that generation. I'm so happy that this new generation of women feels differently than maybe you and I did as we were growing up. So I definitely think we're on the verge of a female sexual healthcare revolution for sure. It's just a matter of more of us offering this type of education to patients. Well, and demanding it, the louder that we speak, the way then the companies will start to respond. And gone are the days of, like you said, the purple penis pumps or penis dildos and things right next to the clear heels where you walked in feeling shameful. And, you know, what is a good person like me doing in here, you know, buying these sexual toys right next to all of this, you know, taboo material. So I love that there are new companies coming out. And quite frankly, me as a mom, and I don't know how people will respond to this, but when my daughter gets a little older, I'm going to buy a vibrator and talk about how important it is for her to not only know and understand her own body, but understand what feels good to her and pleasure. And when I talked to my son, who's now 20, about the first time he had sex, it was important to talk about it being this consensual incredible experience between two people. And it's not just about you. And please don't think it looks like porn because real life doesn't look like that. But it's where a lot of us are getting our education from or miseducation. And a lot of people who grow up in conservative households have a harder time getting in tune with their sexual self. Because if they've been programmed their entire life, it's only for marriage, it's only for marriage, it's only for marriage, or sex is bad, or sex is dirty... To let go of that, even when you're in a safe sexual relationship, it's very difficult. So I will see couples that have been married years and have never been able to consummate their relationship or have sex because they can't get over the trauma of growing up the way that they did. And so we have to be very mindful of the way we talk about sex, even in our homes, I agree with you, the way we talk to our children and both boys and girls, you know, we don't want them growing up with these crazy expectations, but also thinking that, you know, normalizing things that aren't true, like sex should always be painful, you know, things like that. And absolutely, I agree with you. It is shameful for me to admit that as an OBGYN, right, we specialize in in this much of the body. And when it came to my sexual health education, it was all about either helping someone get pregnant, preventing pregnancy, or dealing with sexually transmitted diseases. They don't teach you about orgasm or female pleasure in residency. All of my training came afterwards, you know, because I was seeking it out and because I wanted to be able to help patients and to better understand it myself as a female, right? So we need to change that. And the way we're going to do it, like you said, is normalizing conversations and, and talking about it. This podcast is sponsored by the app, The Zen Mommy, my latest wellness offering just for moms like you. I am so thrilled to talk about my new app where I share all the wellness tools that I use in my life. Check out the library of yoga, recovery, meditation, and strength classes, kitchen tips, and a recipe database of personally curated recipes to help you look and feel your best. Plus, check out the journal features where you can cultivate a daily gratitude practice and so much more. 
Life is stressful, but I believe we can make it all it is meant to be with just a few tools to help us along the way. Download the Zen Mommy now at Apple and Google Play and start creating a life you want. And women's voices getting louder to be heard. I think we can change a lot of things and don't give ourselves as much credit as as deserved of really revolutionizing topics, things that are important to us. So when we talk about the pandemic and how it, it disproportionately affected women, I know alcoholism disproportionately affected women during the pandemic. How come women were having less sex than men when a lot of us were together? That's what's funny, I thought. <laughs> I was like, how is that possible? Oh, I heard Dr. Javade, he's around all the time. Please give me my libido back. I can't tell you how many times I heard yeah. that. You know, our whole lives, everybody we're flipped upside down, right? All of a sudden we're working from home or we're not working at all because we had to leave the workforce because it didn't make sense, you know, to try and pay for childcare. Or we're homeschooling our children. So we already talked about women being overscheduled and trying to do too much. All of a sudden there were 15 additional things put on our plate. And so to try to create calm or time for us for pleasure a lot of women did not simply have the time or didn't even allow themselves the time because they could not get out of that nurturer, provider, caregiver role. And then if you think about COVID and what it did to our mental health, I saw more women during the pandemic than I have in 20 years of clinical practice for depression, anxiety, and sexual dysfunction because our world was turned upside down. And so when you're having depression and anxiety, guess what? You're not going to want to have sex. When you're trying to deal with these feelings of there was so much fear and so much that was unknown, right? Whether it was our financial future, whether it was our job, whether it was worrying about our children or our elderly parents, it was very hard to get in tune with our sexual self. And then a more lighthearted example was just all of a sudden spouses were around together all the time, 24 seven. And so many of my patients joked saying there's no mystery left, right? He's there all the time. There was no time to romance. There were no more dates happening, right? You weren't going out anymore. And so to try to create that mystery, that date, that bond, when all you're doing is getting on each other's nerves, it just didn't leave a lot of room for sensuality, sexuality, and, and romance. It eradicated all of that. And we all went into this survival mode is what I would describe it as. Do you see us bounding back from that sexually and in our relationships? I know divorce rates were on the rise and, and people were moving and, and redoing their homes. And, and we talked about the mental health pandemic, really, the epidemic that's that's facing our country. But are we bouncing back? Are we more comfortable? Are we having more sex now as we continue moving forward? I would say yes. I'd say we are definitely not at where we were before the pandemic. But if you look at the number of prescriptions written for the medications we talked about for low libido, if you look at sex, sexual tool sales during the pandemic, lubricant sales, all of that went up. So obviously, at some point, we figured out that sex should be or could be an outlet for us. And we did have more time at home with our partners. So yes, I do think we are recovering both emotionally and physically and getting used to a new normal is what I would say. 
if I see any silver lining, it did force a lot of couples, partners to discuss um, problems that existed because they were together all the time and they finally had the time to address it. It gave women time to come into the doctor because maybe they weren't commuting to work anymore. Telehealth services went through the roof. All of a sudden, all doctors had to figure out really quickly how to stay in touch with our patients. And so that gave patients access to sexual health providers. So absolutely, I think it's getting better. Good, good. Well, I think it's important as we come back and wrap up our time together to, again, back to your mission and educate and empower women. If you're off feeling, if you're feeling alone, or if you're feeling different in the bedroom or emotionally or with your partner or whatever you're going through, I think it's important to to know to ask for help. Maybe start in a safe space, but then finding someone who will listen. And I love that you gave out. We'll put all of the links and all of the show notes to all the incredible resources uh, that you listed out throughout our talks together. But finding a, a healthcare provider that truly is sensitive to a female's needs and issues and interests, and that will listen to you. And you don't have to suffer alone. The more that we're able to talk about this openly and have these conversations, we'll let you know that you're not alone and that we're all in this together and that whatever you're experiencing, someone has experienced it before you and someone will experience it after you. And you sharing your story, like when we talk about this today and when patients share with their girlfriends or share with each other, we've empowered someone else because by doing that, they know that they're not alone. And sometimes we can share resources, right? And say, oh my God, I know who you can go to, this doctor or this website. We all have to be there for each other as a tribe. We we really do. And I think it's amazing, even talking to some of my girlfriends that we were going to do this podcast series, they're like, oh yes. They're like, they're so excited about you know what I'm going to find out because I think more often than not, if you're experiencing something, your peers are experiencing something very similar and that we can all band together. And I love sharing resources. I think that's so important. Are you seeing patients with a telehealth? I know you said we didn't get to talk a lot about her MD, but you're growing that and expanding that platform and you're going to be in different states. Where can they find more about your, your practice? We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We are at, at hermdhealth.com. I do see patients in currently about 30 states via telehealth. We have two offices, uh, one in Ohio and one in Kentucky. So a lot of patients do fly in. So we're available on all of those platforms. So please check us out. I love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Javade, for your time and for really uncovering and demystifying just female sexual dysfunction. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 